Hello, hello, and welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you live from EmoSocialClub.tv. I am Brian. And I am Lizzie. We are the Emo Social Club podcast, the podcast about music and pop culture and news, a little bit of politics. Uh, We have a couple stories we want to talk about today that happened from this past week. Uh, We're going to discuss... Uh, a little bit about the yellow card lawsuit issue. Uh, and we're also going to talk about how excited we are for Umbrella Academy season two. Uh, but first, Lizzie, uh, what do you got going on this week? So I have a new newsletter and the chaos that has ensued in the last like two, <laughs> three weeks on Twitter where everyone got a newsletter. And I was seeing that it was more like just a normal kind of personal base mixed in with music for the most part i don't know if anybody else has any different newsletters i'm assuming so but that's the kind of vibe i went with so i put out one i'm trying to work on another one and that one was originally 10 pages because i had a lot of emotional shit to put into it but Uh we're probably (laughs) going to do another one about a book steeped in the 90s chicago music scene and the south side of Chicago culture, which I really like to look into, especially with how the book presents it in like the 1990s. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like relevance and how music inherently is supposed to generate a political conversation. So we're going to see wherever that newsletter goes. I'm a big stickler for like edits. So it's probably not going to be out super fast. Plus I have class, but if you (laughs) want to read my newsletter and emotional (laughs) well-being and see (laughs) the decline of it, uh, it's called burntcds.substack.com. I also have it on my um, like personal like Twitter and like link tree and everything. So you can check that out. And then I also will just retweet it on the podcast Twitter just because I'm kind of on there more than mm-hmm. my own personal one. My own personal one at Born Battery. You can definitely follow me on there, but it's going to be more like normal news because <laughs> I have a lot of professors and coworkers following me on there now. Oh, God. Oh, I know. God. It's very <laughs> scary. Yeah. Oh, God. These people are affected. Like, you, they affect you directly, and they're like, they cool, directly, like, the, the, the whole ass dean of my, like, communication school follows me on my Twitter, on my oh, personal God. Twitter. I care very little for that. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. I hate that most dearly. I hate that too. Uh, is that it? Do you have anything else you want to add to that? I have, um, nothing else other than we have emo yoga on Mondays. I've been missing it the last couple of weeks. One, I just needed a break. And two, I got called into work and was not going to get back home from the city until very late at night. (laughs) So um, we're back this upcoming Monday. Hopefully we figure out the sound issues on my end with my new equipment (laughs) and uh, we'll flow through some things. Nice. Uh, I have been uh, streaming on really just like every day I've been doing like, uh, 
Monday through Thursday, I'm thinking about making it more, even more consistent than that. Uh, around 11 a.m., just playing video games. Uh, I've been playing some story-based games, and I just want to finish the story and don't want it to be like a once-a-week thing. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, some people have actually been coming and hanging out with me. So, um, yeah, if you want to uh, come to those, uh, that's pretty much every day. We're not doing the Wednesday nights for right now. Uh, don't know if we're going to again, but... Uh, we also have our DJ stream on Friday afternoons, uh, well, evenings, I guess it's like 5 30 PM central time. Uh, we had a really good one last week. A lot of people came, uh, our friend it's Gemma Edwards keeps, uh, raiding our channel with a bunch of people from the UK and they make a lot of interesting requests. Uh, I played the first creeper song I ever listened to last really? week. Cause somebody was in the chat, like, which one Yo, can you play? Cre I don't know. I don't know. I just, I found whatever most recent video and it was like anime. So I was like, yeah, it's the one. Oh, that's their, that's one of their new songs. Yeah. It was good. I really liked it. Um, so we play a lot of like kind of whatever we want, whatever the chat is feeling. Uh, we're open-minded to any genre, anything, uh, that people are vibing with. Uh, and it, it's a lot of, it's a lot of good times. It's a lot of good vibes. So uh, that's on Fridays at 5.30 p.m. Central Time. The video game streams are just kind of every day around 11 a.m. Uh, I've also been having sound issues, so sometimes they start a little bit late. Um, if you want to be notified when we go live, you can follow us at emosocialclub.tv uh, or you can join our Discord channel at emosocial.club slash Discord. You will also be notified in there and you can join us for some some sweet chats when the streams aren't happening in there. Uh, talking about music, talking about gaming, talking about anime, talking about all kinds, like conversations Sometimes just kind of all over the fiance. place. A lot of times 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> uh, it's just kind of going all over the place. So it's a lot of fun. Join the club. Uh, let's get into our stories. First thing we're going to talk about today is the Save Our Stages legis legislation. Uh, on the pod before, we had a guest, Brett Crawford, who was the social media manager for the Metro, Smart Bar, and G-Man, uh, G-Man Tavern. Uh, so we had him on to talk about Neva and talk about how these independent venues across Chicago are uh, struggling, obviously, because they don't have the ability to put on music inside of their venues. Uh, a lot of uh, concerts were canceled. So we have a lot of venues that have shows and tickets that need to be refunded. And now all the money that was going into those venues is now lost. Uh, it's a kind of a quick summary of what happened that I'm sure everybody kind of knows. Like obviously, uh, venue business is not happening right now. Uh, in Chicago, as we discussed, there's a lot of venues that are independently run. So these are venues that, uh, are not owned by live nation. I think that's like the biggest thing is like in, in the city of Chicago, there are more, uh, I forget, I forget how Brett said it. So maybe you can correct me on this statistic, but there are more independent venues than anywhere else in the country. Yeah, um, in our like in Illinois, actually, overall, yeah. which is surprising because I know um, because there is like Southern Illinois University. So there are a few venues down there. Mm -hmm. I'm not too sure the names of them, but I'm aware. I think there's at least two to four down there. And mm -hmm. I'm assuming there's probably more spread across the rest of Illinois that yeah. we've never been down to. <laughs> oh, I'm not running out there. Uh, I'm not either. So the idea here is that, you know, a, a company like Live Nation, Ticketmaster, you know, these 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 large conglomerate companies that can own venues or 
really will survive without making some money for a while. They have really big ticket events and uh, that money generally doesn't get seen at these venues, but the venues are owned by them anyway. So it's, it's probably fine. I don't think that like Northerly Island or Allstate arena or not all. Yeah. Allstate, right. Yeah. Yeah. Allstate United Center. uh, yeah. Northerly Island, Huntington Bank at Northerly Island, yeah. whatever it is whatever now. It is. Uh, these are not venues that are at risk of closing. Um, for us, the ones that are of personal uh, value to Lizzie and I are places like Subterranean, Beat Kitchen, uh, Bottom Lounge, The Metro. Uh, Lizzie, do you have any other favorites you want to throw in here? Any other favorites? Uh, Hideout Inn is a big one. Mm-hmm. Um they're more of also like kind of like a community where you can like go and hang out they have like different like you know soup and bread nights which i've never been to Hmm. but i have people i work with who have gone to there and it's just a bunch of people hanging out in this like really crazy quirky like dive bar Mm -hmm. i've only been there like a handful of times for work and every time i'm here i'm like this place is really cool and like i'm in like a fever dream of like (laughs) the quirky new girl like Mm -hmm. mid 2010s like tv show aesthetic vibe (laughs) and it's and it's fine i can live with it because it's cooler than that (laughs) yeah hideout does a lot of really interesting events it's not just music it's comedy they've had some politicians go in there and speak uh you know for for whatever the purpose is but um yeah these venues are all run by they're all independently owned so uh literally a guy owns beat kitchen and subterranean who emailed out a, a uh, mailing list. He's been emailing like pretty much every couple of weeks uh, because there's just no money coming in right now. Uh, subterranean is a venue only uh, Bee kitchen is a restaurant and a venue. So Bee kitchen has been able to do uh, some food service. They've been able to do to go orders and all that. But uh, subterranean is just a venue. If there's no music happening, there's no money coming into it. Uh, so when we were talking with Brett, it was about the, uh, Neva and, uh, civil, which is, uh, the national independent venue, a league. something is it, but it's Chicago independent venue oh, league okay. is Chicago is civil. Yes, it's civil. And then there's Neva, and then Neva, which is a... national independent venue association, I guess. I think there's another V in there. No, right? it's just four letters. Oh, okay. There's four letters. Okay. We know a lot about this subject. <laughs> we do. I we, but, we swear we do. I'm just trying to think like off the yeah. top of my head. And um, <laughs> yeah, no, I thought there was more uh, letters in there, but there's not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's National Independent Venue Association. And it's just a large collective of everybody um, nationally, obviously, trying to get more advocacy out there for money and kickbacks. Mm-hmm. Because as we've seen in the news, especially that what's been reported over the last month where there have been, you know, records that have been put out about who received these big PP, um, PPP loans, which are the basically the small business loans that people got. And as long as 50% went to paying payroll to keep people employed, they wouldn't need to pay it back. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's a 1% uh, payback rate for interest, which is like, amazing my you know your credit cards are usually like <laughs> no 13 percent back back okay one percent is bad. the interest that you get on your savings accounts not on your loans <laughs> yeah you know when you like put it in your bank and they're like you earned one penny of interest yeah. this whole year that's what it is <laughs> yes oh i yes, did it, got it. 
God. Um, but we're not your financial advisors, and we shouldn't be for a lot of varying reasons, uh, mainly because uh, I can't do math. Um, but <laughs> when we uh. look at those loans, you see a lot of bigger places. Like one, one of the biggest ones was Shake Shack, even though they technically are a small business because they aren't under like a corporation like McDonald's per se. Mm-hmm. They got called out for it because they received a substantial amount and they gave it back. They were, have been open too because there is like four shakes that shake shacks in the loop in the city. I mm-hmm. think I passed at least two of them on my way to work, <laughs> and at least and most of them were open <laughs> during the a lot of the initial um like slow reopening process, mm-hmm. at least for takeout. Um, and there were still a lot of people going into Shake Shack because it is such like a huge name. It's pretty good. But that's just like I won't, one I is. Won't lie. I do kind of like it. I like their shakes. I don't like the shack. Their fries or their burgers too much. Their shakes are good. Well then. <laughs> so there's that. I mean, it's in their it's their namesake, so it's got to be. It's but, their their shake in the shack. Know, it's a shake in the shack, but. <laughs> When we have that, and then you also have people who are, you know, either independent contractors or you have like small businesses like venues, people aren't going to usually think of that of a small venue. You're going to, a small business, you're going to think of a small business as like, you know, your local boutique that you go to Mm -hmm. or your local like independent coffee shop. Mm -hmm. You're going to think of things that you go to every single day. And that is kind of like the norm for you. But when we look at music venues, how many people often go to a music venue at least once a month at the very least? I yeah. don't know how you don't go to a concert <laughs> less than that or not at all. Depends on who's Strange on tour. to me. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Who's touring? I guess. But it's, you know, they kind of get factored out. And there's a lot of things that people are unsure of on how they exactly chose who got what type of money. And it could also be because you do have a lot of people there who are working on a freelance contract base or just by gig work. So it's also Mm -hmm. harder to show that on paperwork when sending that over to, you know, a large government agency to get a loan. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you had like, you know, an independent coffee shop and you said, I need this loan, I have like, you know, 15 people on staff and like 10 of them are part-time, the rest are full-time, here's expenses and everything. Whereas if you had, you know, a lot of paid contractors or paid freelancers, it's a little bit more difficult because, you know, it can change each and every time. Mm -hmm. And with, you know, this new legislation coming forward, you're going to have to, you will hopefully have allocated money that goes only to these people. So you're not fighting against, you know, other people who probably, who might have smaller businesses who are either maybe just starting out or they're still kind of struggling to pick up the pace on it. You're actually getting it for this designated section of entertainment because then we also go into the monopoly of it that we all know is like Live Nation and Ticketmaster who own a lot larger venues and who has also continuously have had a lot of issues um, and lawsuits recently with, you know, overcharging on processing and handling fees. I mean, you could go in and say, this ticket is $20. And then the processing handling fee is 15 fucking dollars. <laughs> and we've all dealt with it. I'm pretty sure we have at this point. Yeah. So it's trying to also like minimize that and take away from, you know, the head corporation who's running concert industry right now, which nobody really wants. So uh, keeping these independent venues funded and around um, is really important when we have 
you know, these pieces of legislation and people championing them finally, um, more so in Congress, especially to have them start to be trending a little bit more so in the news in a mainstream sense, rather than just, you know, if you're a part of music, Twitter, your music, social media, you're going to see it because those are the places you go to all the time. But if you're, you know, maybe, you know, Bob and Karen in the suburbs and you go to like house of blues, like once a year is your big date night. Cause sister Hazel's playing or whatever the fuck at house that of blues. And you're way too specific. <laughs> listen, um, <laughs> But, but you're, you're, you know, you're hit, it's important. You're hitting on something there with, with this. So Neva and Civil are two individual things that are trying to focus attention of congressional support for a specific bailout package that helps small venues uh, across the nation to stay open because they will not be able to if, if, if there is no money coming to them. Uh, like you mentioned with... Live Nation and that they'll be fine, but obviously we want to make sure there is a package that is not just the PPP where some businesses that are not technically or technically small businesses, but don't really need the bailout. They won't benefit the most by it. Um, we know that there's another PPP conversation happening in, in Congress and cool. Uh, but we need something that is specifically for these venues. So Neva and civil have been pushing for, uh, people to call their Congress members, call people in, in their, their government, people who, uh, are representing you to say, I want this support for these things. So, uh, what we got this week was a little bit more information about, uh, some Congress people, some senators who are really pushing for specific things and how Neva, uh, you know, is push is is on the side of these things. So there are three separate uh, uh, bills that are they are not law. They are being uh, discussed within Congress. We're waiting for for more information on this. But to give an idea of what those specific uh, bills are, uh, the first one is the Restart Act. This is the one that Neva. Individual, uh, uh, in particular supports. Uh, it would double the PPP's repayment period and allow the loans to be spent uh, in other ways than just the payroll, so it could keep a venue open uh, and the royal loans remain forgivable. So Neva has been really pushing for this one. This is one that it, uh, all of these acts I should mention are bipartisan. There's a Democrat and a Republican sponsor, so this is not a partisan issue. This is a uh, small business issue. So It's more of like everyone, yeah. even unfavorable people to some, yeah, like to go out and have fun. Sometimes. Everybody wants small businesses to thrive and survive. There's um, not that many things that we have a bipartisan stance on other than <laughs> small businesses should survive. And um, Epstein didn't kill himself. And that's it. <laughs> that's sad take. to say, but that's it. Yeah. Uh, the second one is the Save Our Stages Act. Uh it would create $10 billion in small business administration grants to help venues through the next six months. Uh, each venue is uh, eligible for uh, 45% of its 2019 operating budget up to $12 million, uh, which sounds pretty good to me. It's actually forward thinking and not just like, hey, here's one round and we'll figure it out later. Uh, there's also the Encores Act. These are like uh, they they always come up with these bills that are like, oh, we're going to make an, a fun acronym. And I'm like, I'm not going to read you the fucking acronym. I'm going to tell you like, this is what it's called because fuck acronyms. Like just, just do a thing. Don't worry so much about like what each letter stands for. I don't know. Uh, Encores will give a wide variety of entertainment venues, uh, tax credit equal to half the value of the tickets they refunded. So this is more specific to like a pandemic uh, uh, response, not just a like small business loan, uh, like, 
uh, the PPP was. Uh, so it's a little bit more focused on that kind of thing. Um, so to me, uh, the fact that there are three bills, they all kind of do something that is individual, all towards the same idea. Uh, I don't see any reason why we can't have all three. Like, por qué no los tres? <laughs> oh, look at you. Yeah, I added it. I added a number there. I knew another Spanish number in my brain. <laughs> so proud of you. Yeah. So there's, there's, uh, yeah, all of them are bipartisan. All of them can be handled, uh, uh, through Congress. So you should be aware of these three names, restart, save our stages act and encores. Uh, you can call your senators, you can call your representatives and push, uh, these bills through. Uh, if you've listened to our podcast at all, you know how important these venues are to us. So, uh, that is your task of the week is go and uh, fucking call somebody. Uh, call or somebody. You can email them too. You can email, you know, yeah. The site, uh, they have, um, I don't know what it's under, but it, I, it's not contact, but it's not like, talk to your, you know, get a hold of your congressperson and it'll take you to a page and it'll either give you the phone number to call them or you can do a email that has a prompt. But the issue with that prompt now is because so many people sent it, which is awesome. It now is going to people's spams, mm -hmm. spam inboxes. So you're going to have to, you know, take that email, go to your normal Gmail. And if you want, you can copy regular and paste the prompt, Gmail, the little Gmail and you copy and paste the prompt in there, but you have to amend some of it, some of it. So you'll just have to change some wording, or maybe you can put in your own like personal reasons. Like, I fucking love sub T because every time I go there, something crazy happens. You know, you don't have to tell them <laughs> everything. Don't obviously, tell the it's still story. the government. It's the government. Okay. Don't tell them crazy things. Yeah. Just, just make small statements of fact and nothing else. <laughs> um, or lie about it. I don't know. I don't care, but send it. Um, and make sure it doesn't go to their spam by doing that. And then tell all your friends to do it too. I know, um, at least a lot of, in my industry, there's been a lot of people, cause obviously it's, you know, music and entertainment. We want to hold concerts at these venues because they work with us way easier than, you know, places yeah, that live have nation. live nation on it. Yeah. Um, because they're like, Oh yeah, you want to see death cat for cutie at Shubas, which was a thing. And it was fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> cool you flex. can't do that at house. Of <laughs> cool flex, dude. Listen, that was like the, my first work event. Sick. <laughs> Great flex. Um, but that those are why it's that's why it's important. You know, if you're somebody who's crazy and you at you know, you enter in a bunch of online contests uh, for a radio station because you want those types of experiences, uh, <laughs> we're also trying to fight for you for that too. So make sure that you're doing your part as you know a music listener mm -hmm. and a music participant. Uh, otherwise you're going to still be complaining about paying like same price for one ticket in your surcharge fees and, and no one's going to be happy. Listen, if you're a musician too, like this is huge for you. If you're like, like you were saying about how, like when you want to work with a venue and if it's owned by live nation, there's going to be a lot more hoops you have to jump through a lot more work to do and a lot less of a chance that your shitty little local band is going to get to play there. And I say that, you know, 
politely, but also your band sucks and you should work harder. You also were you also were in a shitty local band, am, so you understand. Yeah, I am I am fully aware of myself. I am speaking about myself to myself and also to all of you. Uh, so your 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 band is not going to get an opportunity to play as a at as many venues. Um, I also would mention that Chicago is not has not been super venue friendly uh, because of companies like Live Nation and because of general apathy towards independent venues. Um, when a large corporate corporation can come into a city, they also can start to uh, throw their weight around and start to kind of push some of these venues out. They can uh, come into these smaller neighborhoods or uh, I don't want to say gentrify them, but it's like a little bit of like what happened with double door where it's like, they want to have a new, uh, they want to have a new kind of people coming into an, uh, into a neighborhood. Right. So for those who don't know, double door was around until about what was it? 2012. No, 2011. It was longer than that. It was um, longer. I'm was, trying to think back. A- Cause I remember I went to a show there in December and then literally like a few days later they shut down. Hmm. I don't remember what year it was though. I'm looking it up just to be certain. I just but what happened with Double Door was there it's in Wicker Park, which is now a heavily gentrified area with a lot of like, you know, millennials and young families and everything like that. And what replaced it is a Yeti cooler store. And there was a lot of problems with them being able to have their rent sent in and accepted by the landlord. And then the rent kept going up and up and up. And there's obviously a lot of more Chicago politics involved in that that would need to be more uh, flushed out and have like sources to fully explain how a lot of that stuff has been kind of maneuvering for a very long time in the city. Uh, which is why a lot of people like to say Chicago is so corrupt. Well, okay, but yeah. <laughs> Everywhere's corrupt. Every, fuck, yeah, listen. Fuck you, how dare you? <laughs> first of all, <laughs> but uh, that was one issue. And then also with the Lincoln Yards project that was trying to come in here um, over the last couple summers that we were talking about a lot too, it was a big kind of like mega project with Live Nation. If anybody's ever been to Atlanta, Georgia, um, they have the masquerade there. Mm. So the venue set up there is kind of crazy. You walk in, it kind of looks like a huge like outdoor mall. And it was super weird to me at first because they have heaven, hell and purgatory yeah. is how they separate their different venues. So if you so the heaven level is for a larger audience, I think maybe like 5000 cap. I don't know off the top of my head. I'm just kind of generalizing. Um, but bands like the distillers played there, for example. Mm. Um, so bands who could generate a decent amount of people. And then you have, um, hell, which is on like the main floor level and it's much bigger too. It's like maybe 2,500 people. And then you have purgatory, which is the main venue that I went to when I went to masquerade. Cause I saw post animal there and it was literally McCap, maybe like 500 people. So they wanted to do something like that. Lincoln Yarns, which is a Live Nation uh, subsidy, along with Sterling Bay as well, who owns mm. a lot, a lot of buildings in the downtown loop area. Oh, if yeah. you work in a corporate building, it's probably 50% possible that it's owned by Sterling Bay. Mm-hmm. And they basically wanted to do what they had at the Masquerade, but on a much larger level by kind of 
swallowing up all the types of venue sizes into this one area and then also gentrifying the surrounding space by putting in like nicer apartments that are like two thousand dollars for a studio apartment which please never do that that's robbery (laughs) anywhere that you live chicago (laughs) me saying that as somebody who lives at home but yeah (laughs) I, i know not to do that still and they wanted to pretty much do that to an entire neighborhood that was primarily um, minorities in the area. And it was stopped, but it's still kind of in like low key discussions mm-hmm. um, about either finding a new home for it or working to find a happy, a happy medium mm. um, between, happy. <laughs> you know, the city and, you know, large corporations, but we'll see what's going on with that. Obviously there's no talks about it right now because, uh, shit has hit the fan but this is like another reason why you know if these indie music venues don't stay around and they don't have a possibility of doing so it's just going to make it worse for you know not only music fans for wherever you are but it's also going to be worse for those people who are in these communities you know it's going to drive up the rent it's going to drive people out and then it's going to you know just be a bunch of you know the best way to put it is yuppies Mm -hmm. and i know you as a punk don't like yuppies I'm fine with yuppies. <laughs> I mean, not you specifically. I, I mean, the I'm just saying me personally. <laughs> um, also, Double Door closed in 2017. Oh, okay. I don't yeah. know time anymore. I'm 25. Time is a flat circle right now. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we would encourage you as a listener, as a, as a, as a, as a person, as a human being, uh, to contact your representatives, go to the Neva website and you can get more information on how to contact representatives and support these bills in Congress so that we can make sure we are keeping our local venues around. On Monday, Yellow Card quietly dropped their lawsuit against Juice World. Uh, this is this has been an interesting story to me because it's like, wow, what a weird take, and it just got weirder from there. So uh, to to start the story off, I'm sure a lot of people know this already, but to start the story off from the beginning, uh, Yellow Card were suing uh, Juice World and his his estate. Uh, because there were parts of his song uh, uh, Lucid Dreams, that's the one, the big single by Juice World, which is a great song. I'll give credit that it's a great song uh, that ripped off some melody parts from, or supposedly, allegedly ripped off. I don't want to speak out of turn here, but it allegedly... Let's let's remind everyone that when we say allegedly or when anybody in any legal (laughs) circumstance says allegedly, even if you like physically see that somebody's doing whatever they were alleged to be doing, in a court of law, you like you have to say that legally because if you were to say, "Oh, look, they're actually doing it," you can be sued. Yeah, so don't come for <laughs> that me. That is why everyone don't who attacks news card. headlines. This is why we use it. I know there's a lot of journalists out there who are saying we need to change using alleged and use another word. No, where there's you know there's conversations. It's called libel. It's, called libel. <laughs> it's it is called libel mainly. Um, so. Open That's up those your answer laws for there, everybody right? always calling out news headlines. Um, and I, I could go on about that because I have 
grievances with people <laughs> who have grievances with how AP style works. Thank well, you. Too bad. <laughs> uh, allegedly, the song Lucid Dreams has some parts from a, a yellow card song, um, which it was uh, Hollywood died. Hollywood died. Hollywood. Holy wood is a separated word there. Uh, I did not listen to any yellow card albums after Ocean Avenue. So I am not, you know, I'm not aware of these other songs. There was only one record. The only reason I heard that song is because in the broadcast we did a couple (laughs) weeks back. Yeah, because I I wanted to put like together a nice little like news package. So I took the beginning of Lucid Dreams and I put it underneath that as as a bed and then talked a little bit. And then I put the bed for Hollywood Die and I listened to it. I'm like... Oh, I see what they were trying it's, here. <laughs> it's definitely there. I'm going to give credit to Yellow Card in saying it's definitely there. But uh, it, it was interesting that they were going to sue Juice World uh, for damages uh, because obviously there is money to be got. Uh, it's a $15 million lawsuit for damages. They wanted a co-writing credit. Uh, and they wanted money from uh, from the song itself and also from the tour, which was kind of wild to me. I was like, that's an interesting, like, hey, you played this song live, so therefore we want money from it. Um, the, uh, the attorney, Yellow Card's attorney in this, uh, is Richard S. Bush, who also uh, famously won the case for Blurred Lines uh, when uh, Marvin Gaye's family, who I guess it was a, it was a big thing that... Marvin Gaye's family goes after people who seem to take uh, inspiration, I guess you could say. I'm, I'm doing okay. air quotes on the stream right now. So if you're, if you're watching, you see the air quotes. Uh, imagine it's like a physical version of allegedly. <laughs> air quotes are the oh allegedly God. of the fingers. Um, so if, if he's coming for you is like a scary thing because he won that case uh, for, the, for the Marvin Gaye's family uh, and therefore it could be a change, like a major change in songwriting where you're now writing music and hoping that it doesn't sound too much like the melody of another song tangentially or even with just like the idea of that song. Like, oh, this sounds relatively like that song. Therefore, we can sue you for money for for a songwriting credit for that kind of shit on your song. I mean, Uh, at that point, we might as well sue every pop punk band ever should just okay. sue each other okay because that's that's what it comes down to i mean i mean listen to any uh, honestly as somebody who listens to it and is a <laughs> fan of it i you could put on like a pop punk playlist with new bands and i hear like the same three it's opening same riffs and like nine different songs i'm gonna be like yeah this band is it newfound glory i don't know i don't know fucking could it could be. be who knows all of them are reminiscent. All of them just take uh, song titles from a band's record. And it's like, that's my band name now. All time low. Right. Anyway. Or, or it's, so. you know, a mom jeans or, you know, now yep. defunct basically. And, yeah. you know, or something with your parents or your siblings yep. or like in like articles of clothing. <laughs> two Don't words. Don't get that. Find two words, put them together. You got a band. Yellow card. Uh, so yellow card uh, ends up. Uh, filing this lawsuit and then four months after they filed the lawsuit is when Juice World passed away. So I think everybody kind of assumed that Yellow Card was going to go, oh, maybe this lawsuit is in bad taste. Maybe we don't try to take $15 million from 
uh, a guy who kids. died. Yeah, dead uh, kids. You know, twenty-one family. years old and dies. Uh, oh no, we're gonna keep uh, this lawsuit going. Which I I want to be clear as well, because I thought reading about this that Richard S. Bush, the Bush lawyer, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to call him. Uh, that it was like his idea, you know, like how many times would there be, especially a lawyer who's already won a case like this, pushing for um, pushing for a suit against another musician like this is a big thing for him. But no, this is straight up just yellow card. This was yellow cards like we want to continue to pursue this lawsuit, even though the the attorney said, I don't think the optics of this are really good. I think you really should like drop this suit. Um, so the suit has been going on for a while now. It's been, uh, it's been paused a few times because there was no one that was, uh, that was assigned to be the, uh, the owner of the estate. Uh, and now finally the, uh, the, the person who's been named to the estate is Juice World's mother. Uh, and so finally yellow cards like, yeah, okay, we're going to, we're going to drop the suit. So this was kind of like under the, under the radar on Monday, they dropped the suit and, uh, good because as they even put it, uh, we didn't really want to go to court against, uh, a woman as, fo- as four dudes in a band going against a woman who, uh, uh, is now grieving over her loss, her, her son's loss. And also like in charge of all the money and is being sued by dudes in a band for what is really a small, small thing. Like, in, in the grand scheme of things, like it's a lot of money, but like, fuck it. Yeah. And it's, um, when you kind of look at it, because it took them kind of like a really long time to say like, Hey, I'm going to sue you. Like yellow cards sat and thought about that because lucid dreams came out, I think earlier that summer. It was like they sat a yeah. couple months, I believe, and been like, hmm, I'm just gonna stew about this for a it's, bit. It's weird, right? So yeah, I, I do think it's a good thing that uh Yellow Card decided not to continue that lawsuit. Um, but also like, how do you feel about like Yellow Card knowing that uh knowing that they went out of their way to like push this lawsuit? It's been like kind of difficult, I feel, because it's like, wow, I really like Ocean Avenue as an album. That was like a huge like summer coming of age album for me in between my junior senior year of undergrad. So I was like really into it. So trying to like even listen to certain songs like recently, I'm like, I kind of feel bad because these guys are just being blatant jackasses. Mm -hmm just for the money which i understand like you're a musician you had your 15 minutes of fame like 10 fucking years ago (laughs) you're tired of playing emo nights as a dj (laughs) whatever get with it you're in the scene or you go somewhere else mr (laughs) but i feel that they're still so prominent in the scene and such like a big band compared to other like smaller bands who have like recently gotten canceled for whatever the reason that it's not going to affect too much of their kind of like press and like their audience as much because a lot of their audience too, you know, is older and it's not like they're usually trolling on Twitter being like, Oh my God, did you see this? It's more of like that younger generation, like the younger millennials, like myself and then like Gen Z 
who are in there kind of doing that, being like, hey, we should systematically not support these artists because they're being shitty people. And where, you know, somebody who's maybe in their mid thirties are like, yeah, I liked yellow card and ocean Avenue and whatever else. Mm -hmm. And I'm not really engaging in this discourse because I like what I like and whatever. I feel that it's not going to do much, especially if they're quietly closing it out. I only saw that article posted about it, maybe like 20 minutes after it was posted, which if you're looking in Twitter and news release time (laughs) is like super long. It's hours. It's ours, basically. Ah, and, you know, it, it kind of shows that they're like, hey, let's just hope everyone forgets about this. Yeah. Because I doubt that, I mean, I know Yellow Card broke, you know, broke up. I don't think that they're going to be coming back anytime soon, necessarily. <laughs> Sorry, Yellow Card fans. I like Yellow Card, too. But I don't <laughs> think they're going to be coming back necessarily. And if they do, they don't want this to pop up and be like, hey, do you remember when Yellow Cards were being like, when Yellow Straight. Card was suing a, uh, uh, the mother a of, a, of a guy who died for money that was like because he wrote a hit song and they wanted to like get credit for it. And because and because Juice World was a very avid, you know, vocal person about like, oh, yeah, I listened to this type of music growing yeah. up that being like emo and pop punk, like, you know, kind of putting it on spotlight. And you hear a lot of like his inspirations in it and you hear it in a lot of like other newer rappers too that like some that mm-hmm. like my brother picked me up from work one night and he had this song on had machine gun kelly on it and this was like his newer like pop punk machine gun kelly that i can actually good. tolerate his stuff's good yes i know it's good but it was that and then he was with um two other rappers i don't remember who it was or the song name but i heard mm-hmm. it i'm like oh i really like this because this sounds like stuff that i listen to yeah. or stuff to me that sounds like kqx would play here mm-hmm. in chicago which is our big like alternative rock station here yeah and that's what you know that's just what it is now like genres have mixed and evolved so much but i think when you are in an older band not necessarily saying that yellow card's super fucking old or anything but when you're <laughs> in a band and you're in a music scene that is so deeply steeped into genre barriers mm-hmm. because obviously emo and pop punk were kind of created to be like oh I'm not accepted anywhere else. This is my scene. This is where I feel safe and secure. So I'm not going to let anybody else in any other genre or click at that point in time. It's like the early 2000s, like whatever teen movie you watch. That's what it was. (laughs) I'm assuming I was a baby. I was basically, I was like six. Okay. I don't remember much of it. I just know from cultural reference. Oh boy. But um, (laughs) even just like, you know, middle school and high school for me, at least when you have that, you're like, don't come in. And I feel that that's the mindset that a lot of these bands who are popular and prevalent during that time still have also pin on the fact that it's like, Oh my God, like that he made like a shit ton of fucking money. I want a shit ton of fucking money so I can stop (laughs) doing emo. Exactly. It's it, it. Yeah. It's, it's, I want the money. Like I want to, I want to have this money that he is making off of what I've created. But I'm like, that's, that's the emo night. <laughs> like the emo night is making money off of what you created by just playing your straight up fucking song. But right. like, I don't know. I, I, I definitely think that it's something that people should know about as a, as a thing of like, Hey, yellow card, that's fucked up. Like it's fucked up that you are pursuing this in any capacity. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy that they have decided to do it. I wish they did it as more of like a, a public thing, but I do see it as like, if they're already having the conversation about optics, like that's the conversation they're having. So yeah. they, they're not thinking of it like, 
their optics of saying like, yeah, this was wrong. We're sorry. It's like, we can reopen this at any time. That's, that's one of the contingencies of how they're dropping this is that they are able to pick it up again later if they want to, uh, which is weird that they mentioned that. (laughs) Why have that as part of the conversation? Um, so I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a big fan of that move. I'm not a big fan of that choice. Uh, but now that at least we're talking about it as like a quietly dropped thing. I'm like it's 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 better than keeping it going. Before we continue with some of the news, uh, we wanted to talk about some releases we've been listening to this week, uh, give you some music recommendations. Uh, I'd say we're, we're hoping to have uh, like playlists in the future. Uh, when we have guests on, we want to get like recommendations from everybody and put together like a little like new music teaser, taster, whatever. Uh, but this is going to be just like new music of this week or recent week. So I'm sure you could probably just go to like a new music release playlist on Spotify and get the same thing we do. So, uh, just go on your, your, your music streaming service of choice and listen to these records. Um, I want to shout you out for posting this the other day, uh, black audio. I did not know released an yes. EP and I'm like, yes. I go like in and out with black audio because I am, I mean, I, I, I like AFI is one of my favorite bands. I grew up listening to all of their records and like, just obsessed as like an emo kid who wanted to wear makeup and have my hair long and do like weird gothy emo shit. Uh, as you do. And like, obviously loved black audio's first record. And then was like, Oh, and it's, it's fine. The other records are in there. They're fine. I'm glad they did it, but I'm like, nah, it's fine. So you posted it the other day that they put out a new EP. EP. I'm like, all right, I got to check this out. Went and listened and like, it's really good. It's catchy as yeah. shit. I'm like, Holy shit. This is great. Uh, so that was that was a, a pleasant surprise. Uh, if you like um, like eighties dark wave, like techno, yeah, that's basically what uh, it is. It's it's weird because they started the band because they really like Depeche Mode. Like just straight up, they're like, we want to make you Depeche, like Mode. Depeche Mode. If your dad likes <laughs> Depeche Mode, Depeche Mode is fucking. Great. You'll probably like this. Depeche Mode's fucking. This is great. why I probably like this because my dad yeah. likes Depeche Mode. Um. <laughs> I will say this one, and even if you look at like the album artwork, it's called Beneath the Black Palms. Uh, it's much more vaporwave than I would have expected. Uh, it's a little bit more of that like that 80s synth wave thing that's like really popular now. So it's it used to feel like it's like, oh, this is 80s, but done in what, 2007, 2008, or whenever the first record came out. Uh, and then they were like, oh, we're going to make the same idea in the years that it came in, but it wasn't like it was, it just wasn't hitting right because there wasn't like this big trend in music to go towards like that eighties sound. Um, but now that we're like kind of repeating that eighties sound again, like we're going back to it. I think it like really works right now. So the music that they're making to sound really eighties and vaporwave and synthwave right now totally works, totally fits with the, the musical, uh, landscape. Yeah, that'd be my take. I would definitely uh, recommend that one. Uh, Lizzie, recommend us uh, a something. Um, I know, well, Creeper is getting ready to drop their full album, uh, Sex, Death, and the Infinite Void. Um, later on, I think overnight, because they're in UK mm-hmm. time, they have Creeper Con going on right now virtually. <laughs> I don't know what that really means. But um, as somebody who's loved Creeper since 
kind of like the beginning after I took a weird alt press quiz of like, what, <laughs> like what emo band are you? And I was like, Oh, let me take it. And I took it and I got them. And I'm like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> And then I went to go listen. I was like, oh, they're good. Um, they're coming out with their new album. And let me, I think the last, because they've been slowly releasing singles. I don't remember what the last single they released was, but I remember listening. Oh, it's called Poison Heart. Um, listening to it, it kind of like our friend James Shotwell said on the last podcast, because it sounded like he got kind of like an advanced listening um, mm. to the album where he said, this would have been the album My Chemical Romance mm-hmm. put out if they put out a new album. Yeah. And it is very, that song that I heard, Poison Hearts, that is so on the nose <laughs> to what James said. So if I've always been like a huge, like if you like My Chemical Romance, if you like the theatrics, because it's a very like dramatic, dark theatrical band. Mm-hmm. And the con- they have concepts to their um, first album, Eternity in Your Arms. If you like that, and I know you My Chemical Romance fans like that, because I like that too. Oh, guess you like that. You're going to like, um, you'll like Creeper. So I would say go check out Poison Hearts and when their um, album drops to definitely check it out because I'm going to let you listen to it <laughs> a lot. And I also will say New Illuminati Hotties too. Fucking hits. That's the um, name of a band. Yeah, it is. Illuminati hotties. Yeah, they're fucking good. In, Rolling Stones actually picked them up to talk about their um, new album that just came out. I definitely uh, recommend to give them a listen. I've been listening to them the last couple of years, but this album is kind of like their debut album, I guess, in a sense, because it's hitting mainstream music so much harder mm. um, in the sense of being like covered and reported on. So that's also really cool to kind of see. Hmm. Good. Yeah, so... Uh check out that music and finally uh, we're recording this on Thursday but uh, on Friday so you're listening to this on Monday means the last Friday so currently in the world that you currently live in the second season of Umbrella Academy is now out on Netflix Uh, I am super fucking stoked because I have finished the series uh, last year when it released and Lizzie, you just <laughs> finished it. I didn't want to say that in a way that was calling you out, but I also wanted you to feel super called out by it. No, that's fine because I started <laughs> watching it when it was first released because I was an avid reader of the graphic novels when I was in high school. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. And there was obviously always rumors like, oh, they're going to make it into like a TV show or a movie. And, you know, mm-hmm. whatever book you read, you're like, yeah, I want this to be a fucking kick-ass <laughs> movie or show. Duh. Of course. Of course. But, you know, it didn't happen. And then it has, it finally happened. And I was like so fucking stoked. I, I had checked out the graphic novels from like my local library. So I didn't have the physical copies, but I'm like, I'll go back to the library and I'll check them out and reread them again. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm always the person who's like, Oh, it's not as accurate as the <laughs> You're book. Be that person. I, yeah, I'm sorry. I've always been that person. <laughs> um, but when I watched it, the way that it's put together was like so mesmerizing. I was like, this is fucking cool. And then this, the episodes were just so long that for me, um, pre-COVID, I just did not have fucking time <laughs> to like watch any type of TV in any type of capacity unless it was like a quick run back and forth of being like, okay, I'm eating. Let's put on Say Yes to the Dress on TLC oh, real quick God. and then I'm back out the door. 
So uh, I'm, I just finished Umbrella Academy through like a binge I did like, I think two weeks ago, finally, in its entirety. Finally. So you binged it because of COVID is what you're saying. Yeah, because I had time where I was home alone one day and I could watch it on the big TV. So I watched it on the big, <laughs> on the TV, big TV, the big 80 inch TV. Wow. Listen, we got it from a Facebook marketplace sale <laughs> and the guy that we got it from, my dad got a hold of him because it was like, I think a hundred bucks. I want this to and be the like, exact part of why you finished it. It's like Facebook marketplace <laughs> finally encouraged me and allowed me to finish this TV show that I've been trying to watch for over a year. Thank you. Facebook marketplace. Thank you. Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Stop. So we got this TV and the guy selling it was like, oh, because this was during coronavirus. And the guy selling it was like, oh, I, we, we're just going to be home more. So I wanted a bigger TV screen, which 80 inch for a TV screen is fucking huge. Yeah. Um, it's huge. And my dad's like, oh, okay. He's like, there's nothing wrong with it. Cause my dad's really handy with like fixing electrical stuff. So we just thought we've always, you know, just fix stuff, whatever mm-hmm. for cheaper. And they were like, no, there's nothing wrong with it. And we just plugged it in and it's there anyway, because I had that big TV too. <laughs> I can watch it on the big TV instead of my computer and see ah, everything. Such a long and it was very up. nice. And then turn up the uh, subwoofer and like hear yeah. and feel everything. Big fan of the show. I haven't read any of the graphic novels. I have no idea where the hell this next season is going to go, which I love. I love that. Um, I will mention that I have been watching and consuming a lot of media about timelines right now. Oh, yeah, no. seriously. We got two more years until she's going to finish the, uh, this new season. So who knows? Yeah. But it's yeah. still mid COVID. So you might be able to finish this season and we might be able to have more future conversations on the topic of Umbrella Academy while it's still relevant. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Maybe question mark. That's a big question mark on the future of this podcast. Uh, yeah, so I, I know nothing about this. I've been watching a lot of content about timelines, about uh, different realities and all of these things. And it looks like that's where this is going to go, that there's going to be like... Because they, they, they had the whole first season. It was all within this one storyline. They all kind of developed... Well, I, I guess at least like Klaus developed his powers by the end of it. Everybody else was pretty developed as powers. Uh <laughs> She might finish an episode or two. Might get a yeah, couple I mean, episodes I, Peter's in. not mm. wrong. <laughs> Peter's, Peter's coming for you. Like, Listen, we also have to be real that I start full-time school uh, in September. God. So Peter's so predictions anyway, are probably on par. When season three gets announced, we'll start talking about season two. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, refresher, you know? Yeah, right? That's what we want. <laughs> we want it to be like after, after it is no longer like relevant then we want to refresh everybody's memory about it. Uh, um, so Klaus's powers get developed and everybody like they defeat Vanya and they, they, this is kind of for anybody who's like, hasn't watched it, but I'm also like, fuck you watch it. And also here's the ending. So <laughs> they jump into a wormhole and like end up going somewhere to stop the apocalypse, but the apocalypse was not stopped. So it's like the same idea as like we have to stop the apocalypse. So yeah, I don't want to I don't want to give too many spoilers about it. But also like we're going to talk about season 2, so fuck you. 
Uh, I, I didn't give a spoiler warning before. I just said like major ending of this show spoilers, but I'm sure if you're like you, that's enough watched of a yet, spoiler alert. That I did it afterwards. <laughs> it's uh, so I, uh, I, I very much liked it. I think there's something to be said about how much Klaus just steals the entire fucking show. Like, oh yeah. They kept them as so much of a back, kind of like a background fuck up character. And then you start to see him slowly come out. And like mm-hmm. when they started talking about his, when he jumped back in time to mm-hmm. like the Vietnam war and they start to like actually give him more of a, you know, death as a character. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, like, this really is good. something I would like to hear more of. And actually Gerard Way is creating a separate series about mm-hmm. Klaus and going into his past and how he kind of came like up from a kid and his experiences because I mean, he's a dude who can talk to dead people. <laughs> and like, obviously we see that like every other fucking horror movie. This is a dude who also like, I can talk to dead people and like figure out like how they died and like see them like at will basically. Yeah. Which is insane when you, obviously this is a supernatural type of sense. No, Which is it's, it's, it's real. It's real. <laughs> it really happens. Uh, I just think Robert Sheehan, the actor, is just, it's hard to watch him and not separate him from the characters he plays. Like he is, he very much is just like this certain type of person. And he tends to play characters that are also that type of person. So it just like kind of blends together really nicely. And sometimes I'm like, ah, it's kind of rough. Like, I'm always going to see you as that. And then you watch it and you're like, this is just, this is just lovely. Like he's just a lovely actor. Uh, he's, he is playing an American in the show, but he himself is Irish and he speaks with just a, a lovely Irish accent and talks so much about just cool Irish things. I've listened to him on a couple podcasts and he's just, he's very much like a, uh, like a Russell brand type guy. But like I could definitely see that. Yeah. Uh, but not like as Russell brand as Russell brand is Russell brand. Yeah, you know, that, that's also fair. That's using also a good. noun as an adjective and an adjective for the adjective of the noun. If, if any of if anyone just remembers like the early years of Russell Brand, like pre Katy Perry and during mm. Katy Perry, like you, you understand what we're talking about. Mildly post. Uh, yeah. He, uh, yeah, he he's just a really good actor in the sense that he's doing a very good interpretation of this character. I do feel like Gerard Way was like, oh, I got to do another series on this character because, like, look how popular he is. <laughs> like, look how look how this character blew up because of the TV show. Because uh, there's not really like anybody else of the siblings in Umbrella Academy that I would be like too concerned about, mm-hmm. like wanting to know about their past. Because you have rumor, but she kind of like says like later on and like the later episodes, it's like, oh, and you kind of recount that like she was like Mm -hmm. going up and being like, oh, I have a rumor like you gave me the part or whatever. So we know how she kind of got to where she is. Yeah. And it's the same thing with Vanya. It's like, okay, she kind of grew up the way that she's already portrayed and like it's already been described. Cool. And, you know, then we have you know, number, number one. So maybe we number would want to, number one, I always think <laughs> of like Conan kids next door. So like every time yeah. I heard it, I'm yeah. like, Conan kids next door secretly. Number one. Like grown up. It's, it's like anything where all the characters are named after a number, which is so often I've found, I found so many of them. Like they just, they just call everybody by a number. 
You know, it was just, it was a theme. It was a theme that people liked in the early 2000s for some reason. Maybe it it was more organized. I don't know. I think, I think you just name all your characters a number and then you like give them a name later and you figure it all out. You're like, oh, I know that this is like the fourth character and like, that's what I do. They feel like a Felix right now. They're number four, Mm. but they're Felix really. Mm, Yeah. Just change it later. Yeah. yeah, I, I think that my, the other characters that I really liked were, um, and I'm, I, I know one of them is Hazel. I forget the other per- person's name. Chacha? Yeah, Chacha and Hazel. Like, I loved them. I Seeing, loved like, those Chacha characters. Seeing, like, Chacha have, like, more character development, obviously you can only do so much in a fucking graphic novel. Right. But to see, like, you kind of saw how both of them, like, interacted with each other. It was kind of like the mismatch partners. Mm-hmm. But then you just saw the dynamic, and you were like, this is a little bit, you know, comedic. Yeah. But then you actually gave Hazel like he wanted to get out and he had yeah. a purpose later. But then you see Chacha, who's played by Mary J. Blige, which is fucking it crushes awesome. Crushes it. Crushes fucking it. Fucking wrecks it She's so in good. the best way possible. <laughs> and she is this like a no-nonsense, we get the work done, work is life. And I'm like, I feel that <laughs> on a really deep I level. And I don't know if that's good. Um if you want the ending, it's show. not a good thing. Um, but their characters are so great. Yeah, they really are. I actually don't know if they're going to be in this next season. I don't think so. Cause technically uh, they're dead because even though they're time like wise. time jumpers, yeah. they're like, that's, that was like their physical form. They don't have a way to jump back. Well, we'll see. They might surprise us. I mean, I, I have looked up next to nothing. I know that they've released like the first three minutes. I have not watched it. I think I watched the trailer and I didn't really like, I never gather anything when I watch a trailer now, like I watch it and I experience it, but I don't retain any of the information that I see from it. But like trailers are kind of made as like, you get a sense of the show. You don't get what the show is. You get is. maybe like the theme of it. Yeah. But you don't get like the full like, okay, what's the plot though? Yeah. You get like, what's going to happen in this? What am I going to see? Is it funny? Is it serious? Uh, what kind of topics does it get to? What kind of sci-fi is it? What kind of fantasy is it? And then it's like, move the fuck on. You get the music, yeah. you get the, you know, that kind of stuff, uh, which I'm fine with that. I, I want to go into something with no information and experience it and like it for what it is. I don't want to go in with a preconceived notion about it. Uh, the only thing I need is like, Hey, you know, that dude from that band you really liked growing up and like based your, most of your life on, and we're in a cover band playing their music. Uh, they have a TV show and I'm like, cool. I'll watch it. It's like, that's all I need. <laughs> that that's is the, that's the, that's the majority of the selling point that I need to watch that show. Well, I will say to go off of bands who have, um, like, okay, not, not like TV shows, but like graphic novels moreover, <laughs> So the dude from the Swellers who is now in baggage, um, his name is Jonathan Diener. Mm -hmm. And I actually did like a review when I was trying to get back into reviews for some godforsaken reason (laughs) um, about his album. And I really do like it. If you like this album came out about last year, um, but it's called like um, Life in Misophonia, I believe it was Mm. something like that. But it's a really good, solid album. But he's coming out with, um, I had to look it up. It's called The Inventables. And it's a ska band, nope. like, trying to, like, fight and save the world. Nope. And it's in a uh, Kickstarter for to, like, fund the comic book. And it sounds really fucking cool. 
And I just want to say, I love this. Um, I don't think it's a trend necessarily, but I like this vibe that people are going for of like doing music comics. If you're already in a band, it just seems, it just seems, it seems right. right. Yeah. It just seems right. Like, listen, who wasn't a fucking nerd growing up? <laughs> That's why you became a musician. All right, that's our uh, new episode format. Uh, first episode, kind of trying it out. Hope that it, uh, hope that it works for you. Hope you liked it. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did, if you didn't, actually no. If you did, go and comment on our social media. Uh, Pester Lizzie on Twitter, uh, <laughs> on our emo social X emo social club X on Twitter, uh, or our Instagram at emo social club. Uh, or co- if you didn't like it, comment on Facebook. We're not checking Facebook, really. So, like, just go, go fucking we'll comment get, on Facebook. We'll get the like notification it. that it's there, and we'll look at it to yeah. see what's going on. But we won't really, you know, digest it. We'll be like, oh, yeah. somebody's using Facebook. Yeah, they clearly didn't like it, so I don't even need to read that or check it because I don't give a fuck. <laughs> that's that's just how we feel about Facebook nowadays. I hope that Zuckerberg really said something important to Congress to make people actually interested in using Facebook. Hope your mom still likes Facebook. I didn't even look at it yet, but yeah, we hope you enjoyed this new format. Uh, Thank you for listening. Uh, As I am every week, I am Brian. And every week too, I'm Lizzie. (laughs) And we'll see you next Wednesday. And good.